Welcome to the only podcast for piano teachers just starting out, Piano Teacher Primer. My name is Angela Toon. Keep listening for the prime pro tips you can use with your own students right away. Welcome back, Piano Teacher Primer Podcast. I'm having so much fun and I am always having new ideas to share with you, so I am loving this podcasting thing. And also, I'm having a good time in my new studio. Okay, it's not, I'm not really moved in yet. My daughter moved downstairs, and so I'm gonna steal her room and put the piano in this room so I can close the door because my kids are older now. I don't need to watch them all the time, and I don't wanna hear all the chaos while I'm trying to teach. More on that in a future episode, managing family life with teaching. But uh, yeah, I'm having fun in here. I've got a nice window. I do need to repaint it and all that good stuff. It's a process, but here we are. So today we're talking about landmarks and intervals. This is the way. Now, really you can choose your own way. I just love teaching note reading in this way and I'll tell you why. So have you ever have students that have memorized their notes on the staff? but they get the clefs mixed up. Or many adults tell me they're really good at the treble clef notes, but not so good at the bass clef. Super common, right? Or a student learns the whole piece, but it's in the wrong octave. Or it takes students weeks just to learn the notes of their piece because they have to remember which saying goes with which clef. And sometimes it takes so long to learn the notes that they're tired of the piece by the time they actually know it they get frustrated along the way. Solution, landmarks and intervals. And what do I mean when I say landmarks? I learned about landmarks from the Music Tree series by Francis Clark. We use these books in the pedagogy class at the University of Utah, where we taught actual students under a teacher's direction. It was awesome. So one landmark we all really know, middle C. It's many students, the first note that they learn on the staff. Well, the next two notes that we are going to talk about are treble G and bass F. Now, if you go to my Instagram, you'll see I have a cute little graphic that I made for treble G and for bass F to help them remember. And then I refer to it over and over again. Now, later... uh, Later, I got this, I got some more landmark ideas from the Piano Adventures by Faber. And in the level 2B, it does all the C's at the very beginning of the level 2B book. So there's low C, bass C, treble C, and high C. Okay, so let me describe all of these. Middle C, obviously in the middle of the staff with the ledger line. And then treble G is a fifth above, bass F is a fifth below, shown by the treble clef and the bass clef. Low C is two lines below the staff. Bass C is second space up from the bass clef. And then treble C is second space down from the treble clef. And then high C, two ledger lines above the treble clef. So I start with just middle C. And you know, I will also throw in I, I also talk about middle C's two best buds, I call them. 
because one's a B and one's a D, get it? And they're right in that middle area with middle C. Okay, so three benefits of using these landmarks. Let me say also, this works you can point these notes out no matter what method you use. So I'm not saying use the Music 2 series, use the Faber series. No, you can use whatever series works for you and you can point these notes out wherever you are. So three benefits of using landmark notes to help students find their way around the keyboard. Number one, it keeps the clefts straight so they don't have to memorize a saying and forget which one is which. Number two, they can learn all their notes quicker, I believe. And number three, they'll be better sight readers overall. So number one, keeping the clefts straight. When I was little, I thought treble clef meant solely right hand. So imagine the first time that I had a piece with both hands in the treble clef. I thought, how do I do that? I only have one right hand. Oh, maybe the left hand can do the other staff. So just funny how little kids' minds work. Maybe a student has memorized F-A-C-E, for example, the treble clef spaces, and then sometimes they mix that up and they think that's the spaces of the bass clef, right? So it anchors them to the keyboard that this note is treble, this note is bass. And I talk about treble means high, bass means low, like the base of something, the base of a pyramid anyway so I explain all of that um, so learn learning number two learning all the notes quicker it seems like a slower process at first because we are practicing these three notes to begin with over and over again we're finding their spot on their piece okay this is key when they don't know where to start, when they don't know the first notes of the piece, guess what I ask? Where's middle C? Where's treble G? Circle the note on the music that is treble G. Oh, it starts above it, below it. So that helps me to lead the students along on finding their position in their piece. So it does seem like a slower process at first but they get quick at it. I remember my son actually, he would just quickly play middle C, treble G, bass F, blum, blum, and then he would find his spots right there. And I thought that was a really cool thing that he made up. Okay, let me go into more detail on how I help the kids remember each of these clefs. Uh, so I talk about the treble clef as a whirlpool. And if you were stuck in a whirlpool, you would be in trouble. You'd be in trouble, which sounds like the word treble. And so that helps them with this unfamiliar word treble that they've probably never heard before. It, but they know the word trouble, probably, if they ever have gotten in trouble once or twice. So they're in trouble if they're in the whirlpool. And then they, they're sucked right in because that's the only line that's right in the middle. And then I talk about the bass clef as the as a fish and bass is spelled the same as bass b-a-s-s -S. and so i talk about it as a fish and so the big dot the big black circle that starts the bass clef is like the eye of the fish sometimes i draw a little fish right on their bass clef and then the lips are like the <laughs> like the mouth is the two dots and so it's like it's eating that line. So if the kids have ever been fishing, then there's that line going, going right through the mouth. 
And so that is like catching that fish right on the line. So it's the bass fish base F. Okay, and then middle C, little line in the middle is all I do on that. And so, yeah, head to my Instagram and you could even DM me and I'll send you a PDF of this bass clef and treble clef thing that I made. And also comment on there while you're there. Comment on the post for this episode and tell me how you help your students remember treble clef, bass clef, and what cute things you, you have come up with. I love to learn new ideas from you guys. Okay, so next intervals. So once they know those landmarks really well, then we start to break away from the landmarks. Neighbor above, second above, second below, second above, second below. And then we start to do more intervals. So intervals are distance between the notes, right? So two white notes that are right next to each other, that would be a second. And then a third would be skipping one white note. A fourth would be skipping two white notes. By the way, I explain this to kids, but they always forget because when you count inches, for example, you don't count the zero, right? You're just one, there's the zero there, and it's one inch, two inch, three. But in counting intervals, you have to count the note that it starts on. So kids always get confused with that. Not always, just sometimes. So I make sure to explain one, two, three, that's why it's called a third. And maybe that's why I've come up with all these different ways of teaching intervals to help them remember, because just the, the numbers can be confusing for some kids. Um, so we learn the intervals gradually. Again, in the Music Tree series, it does this. It starts instead of just boom, grand staff all at once, it starts with two lines and then three lines and it gradually introduces each interval. But again, no matter what method you're in, you can point out the distance between the notes. And I have, uh, if you haven't heard, I have an online course also called Piano Teacher Primer. And I go into a lot more detail on how I teach intervals. I have a little saying that I do. I have just a fun little rhyming thing that I came up with to help the kids remember how to recognize intervals. But shortened version for you right now. So seconds are neighbors, I say, because it's a line in the space. Thirds are line to a line, space to a space. Fourths are different, not a neighbor. So that's different, one line, one space, is that's what I mean by different. Fifths are line to a line with a line in between, or space to a space with a space in between. And we drill, drill, drill. We, what am I, a drill sergeant? We drill these all the time. This is great material for off the bench activities. Did that this morning. Group classes. Um, if there's a tired kid, they just walk in and they just seem really tired. You can jumpstart with a little game. And if you know they're working on intervals, so many activities that you can do with it. So again, I would love to hear your ideas on this. But these um, finding them by the lines and spaces makes them easy to spot. So you may have guessed it. Landmarks plus intervals equals magic. They can figure out the entire grand staff by only memorizing a few notes. The notes that are connected to the symbols on the page. It anchors them to the keyboard. It anchors them to the staff on the page. Intervals are language that the fingers can understand. 
the eyes can see the distance and the patterns and the fingers can process that quickly. Uh, you yourself, pick up a piece of music, maybe even sight read something that you've never played before. Okay, sit down at the piano and sight read something. It can be something you've played, it doesn't matter. Play something and notice what your how your brain is processing what you see. Is your brain thinking FAC? Is your brain thinking B flat, D, F? Or is your brain just kind of maybe finding the first note and then the rest of the chord, for example, is just the intervals and the patterns and the shape? Do you kind of just process that shape of that chord as you play? I think I do. Or the look of the of same or different. Like if it's line, 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 you can immediately go to like a triad, like a root position, triad position. Like you're really not thinking DFA or whatever. It's just you go straight to line, 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 root position triad. I don't know. Test it out and see what your brain does. I'm, I'm more likely to see a big chord as stacks of thirds and fourths, for example. And my eye is drawn to the fourth because it's different. It's not line, 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 space, 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 or whatever. Try it, try it. So close your eyes and see if you can make intervals without looking. Your hand knows these distances. So... That's my little test for you. Try it out and, and see what you think. And maybe, and you know, we're not all the same, right? There are brains that probably do think the letter names or process music in a different way. So do what works for you. Okay, number three, finally, we are creating better sight reading piano students overall. We're, what our goal is, is a quicker process from page to fingers. There are many, many ways to teach note reading, right? And there's many ways to drill and so many different tricks and things that you can do. And again, please chime in. Also, if you're listening on Spotify, there are there's a question and answer area. And so I've been putting questions on these episodes too. You can go to that and answer some of the questions. But many successful students are taught in many different ways. And the important thing is to keep going right? So go for it. We're making better sight readers overall, and we're getting a quicker process from page to finger so they can learn more pieces and have more fun. This is the way, this is the way I like to teach it. Have a good one. Bye. This gives you the motivation you need to teach your own students and teach them well. I have more resources for beginning piano teachers, including an online course that I made with my own students in mind. It's also called the Piano Teacher Primer. Just head to my website, angelatune.com. That's T-O-O-N-E. Together, we'll change the world one student at a time. <laughs>